This podcast is part of the Frederick Podcast Network. Learn more at listenfrederick.com. That terrible whistling you just heard is the opening music of Ino Maricon for Sergio Leone's classic film, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Are we talking about this great film that helped create the star of Clint Eastwood? Nope. We're going to be talking about the 1988 film, not as classically good as The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but one that you either love or hate, Armageddon. I have tasked my fellow podcastioneers to watch Armageddon and to find the good, the bad, and the ugly that is contained in the film. I hope they are still my friends after this task <laughs> was completed. I know they are, and they are, in alphabetical order, Adina. Hi, I'm Adina Mignona, science fiction by, re- by evening, morning, engineer by day. <laughs> <laughs> And alphabetically, that means Brian comes after Adina. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, my name is Brian Donahue. I'm a church planner, pastor, musician, writer, all sorts of stuff. And Steve, I'm not upset about watching Armageddon, oh. <laughs> but I had no clue what theme song you were whistling before. Was, yeah. Beforehand, that's what I'm upset about. Sorry. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and finally. Hey. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Right. My name is Lee Chris. Lee 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 I'm the second, third person. Yes. A, B, C, D, E. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. Can you continue? I'm not familiar with the rest of the letters. Hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my name is Chris. I uh, host a podcast about Star Trek. I do a lot of Star Trek YouTube stuff, and I mediate conflicts during the day. And I also did not know the theme that uh, oh. Steve was whistling, but okay. I was very curious about it. And I uh, wish if I'd have been on on the ball, Steve, I would have added a ooh ah ooh ah ah. There you it, go, and that would right? Have helped, but uh-huh. I wasn't thinking. I, I wasn't going to take it on for like a half hour, but <laughs> <laughs> just maybe the little teaser, and I didn't come out as good as I liked it to. But anyway, and I was daydreaming about writing one of those like mashup kind of stories like you know how mm-hmm. there's like you know star like uh, star wars there's like the shakespeare star wars or there's like the the vampires and or you know mm-hmm. something in sea monsters well what about like the good the bad the ugly spaceships or the good spaceships the bad spaceships and the ugly spaceships mm-hmm. to make it really like you know science fiction <clears throat> themed mm-hmm. like the pasteur that dr mm-hmm. crusher has love crusher i hate that ship it's with the worst passion. ship ever created a terrible design I, I apologize if any people that are listening to it who worked on that design had, of the ship. I do apologize. <laughs> you better apologize. That. Who knows? Maybe it was Doug. Maybe. Oh no! I'm going to say that was like that was like, hey, Doug, you need to make a ship. You only got one hour, and he's like, all right, I'll just put a ball on it. Cool. Uh, and of course, I'm Steve Merkin, host of tonight's show. And it's interesting. I was just thinking the other day in alphabetic order, we are the ABCs. Uh, oh, oh wow with the s at the end for the very good yes i, I like it, it. i thought cool. about that the other day yes as opposed to um shell silverstein's wonderful book 
They came out in the 60s, the ABZ book, which is hilarious. Mm. And look for it if you can find it. It's hilarious. Anyway, back to where we were. As I mentioned before, the film came out in 1988 during the summer of the end of the Earth films. Also out at that same time was Deep Impact. Both films dealt with the potential end of the human race. Deep Impact was a comet with a, while Armageddon was an asteroid. Each had its own way of trying to deal with preventing this from happening, that is the destruction of the Earth. Yet in real life on September the 26th of this year, the DART spacecraft did hit an asteroid in an attempt to change its course, even though it was not in any way threatening the human race. So they say. Well, yes, or was it? He wasn't. But what they tell us, that's always the green, what's the movie, Greenland? Where they're like, oh, yeah, but they wouldn't tell us if it was. Well, yeah. okay, but there's enough people with I'm enough just... access to telescopes <laughs> that we could do this. this, this yeah, no, but, I, you know, I get, I do get yes. sometimes bothered by that, that you know, the, the lack of trust mm-hmm. of the okay. scientific. So I, 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 I'm sorry that I'm taking it a little personally, no, but, but, no, but for that reason, I, I get bothered because, you know, you know, trusting our you know, scientists is it's important because while individuals do have the ability to verify some information that they don't have the ability just because you don't have the technical access mm-hmm. to equipment or something. So you, you do kind of have to then trust yeah. the scientists. So yeah. just for the yeah. record, I was just making a joke. I, I know, I know that your joke hit home. It hit very way. close to home, I'm obviously. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. okay. Anyway. So uh, where was I? Oh yeah. In both films, the crew is sent to place a nuclear bomb inside the object to blow it up and prevent Armageddon, the movie. Mm-hmm. In the case of Deep Impact, not completely successful. We'll get to Armageddon's conclusion in our discussion. Yet, it was the opinion of astronomers that Deep Impact got the science a bit more correct than Armageddon. And based on our discussion in last week's podcast about science and science fiction, did Armageddon get it completely wrong or was it given a buy for story-wise reasons? So without further ado, let's begin our discussion. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, we'll take it in succession. Let's deal with the good, then the bad, and then the ugly. And I'll read the four questions or in five questions or so that it came up with and we can discuss that section first and then move on and move on to of course what you everybody's waiting to hear the ugly so um and I, i'm going to say this for a fact i was very very fair i came up with 18 items that were good also bad and equally ugly wow yeah i didn't i didn't expect i did a uh, spreadsheet and when i was all done i went wow I can't believe that. I, I, and I was never planned to be that fair, but it just worked out that way. So for the questions about the good in the film, what parts of the film did you like? When did you first see the film? What characters best moved the story along and who stood out as your most likable character? What, uh, any, what science, if any, was plausible? And would you recommend this film to your friends or family? So um i leave the discussion open to the group uh or we can just go one at a time whatever you'd like to do who found anything uh, good in the movie I I, loved, and I, go ahead chris oh yeah i was gonna say i loved billy bob thornton i think he's my favorite thing about the movie i just love his character and that he's always 
walking around telling people what to do. He's doing all my favorite things. He's looking at screens, looking at diagrams. And he sounds like he knows what he's doing. I'm like, even if the science isn't realistic, I'm like, I believe it more because it's Billy Bob Thornton saying it, even though I don't think of him as a science character or like an actor, but he did it so well. Uh, also, this is such a silly thing, but I love that he used the word efforting, which my girlfriend and I had to look efforting? up. He's like, we're efforting that right now, Mr. President. And I'm like, wait, can you can you take the word effort and like make it into a verb? Does that and add the ing to it? But he did it, and I love that. Um, so I just had a lot of fun with Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just love that the movie just seems like it's not a comedy, but it's so close to being a comedy that it's like a feel good end of the world movie, which is always a strange combination. Yes, <laughs> but then that was the idea with you know like Independence Day. Exactly. It, it's it like, wasn't intentionally going to be a comedy, but there were the comedic bits in it. Right. And it also yeah. had like a good, like feel good, you know, in the end when they, when they win, it's like, you want to get up and cheer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I generally, I love that movie and it's a movie that if it's on TV, I'm watching it. Very good. So you would recommend it to friends and family. Oh, definitely. But they okay. also know what kind of what movies I like. So they have to take <laughs> that uh, and make their own judgment. Oh. Yeah, so, so, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna hop on that because I would say the things that I liked about this are, are similar in the fact that I like the casting in in general. I mean, like the people who are in this movie are you know people I really do love to see. I mean, I love Bruce Willis as an action star; but mm-hmm. he's amazing. Steve Buscemi, I love Steve Buscemi. Yeah, he's he's, he's great. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so generally, the casting to me was was kind of like the highlight, mm-hmm. and. I was okay with the cheesy love story between oh, Liv Tyler's yeah. character I, and Ben yeah. Affleck. Cause that, to me, that's a feel good part. It was completely over the top and cheesy, completely unnecessary for the movie, but it was, well, okay. you know, like I could uh, you know though, you know. you know why that's in the film. It's in the film because another little film had just come out that was hugely successful that featured a love story. It was also mm-hmm. a kind of traditional, tragedy type catastrophic thing happening little film directed by james cameron called titanic mm-hmm. i knew you were gonna get to that story yep. was so huge they actually filmed the love story part with Liv tyler and ben affleck way late in oh, the I filming schedule they added it in oh. and they actually took away many billy bob thornton scenes that's fit that I, into the film. I mean, the, I can't the, allow that. That's the parts, like once they were in space, and then they, mm-hmm. they had little, you know, scenes of her pining away. That that's when you know. But the actual some of the moments just between mm-hmm. the two of them, and just the, the way it started out, just the fact that they had this relationship is okay. <laughs> Except for Bruce Willis trying to like shoot him on the oil, like on oh, his that's own. That's my oil favorite rig. part. Really of stupid. Okay, <laughs> you're not a dad. And with daughters, okay? And I'm a dad well, with daughters, okay? And not that I would shoot anyone, but this I hope is you're not shooting people. I, 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 this is the truth, Adina. Mm-hmm. When Jenny, my youngest daughter, introduced her to uh, her then friend, her boyfriend, John, we met at Disneyland, and John and I were walking along alone, and I turned to him, I said, if you break my, heart, my daughter's heart, I will hunt you down and kill you. And he looked at me, he said, you're joking. I said, I don't joke about okay. that. Sure. Okay. But that's the, if you break her heart, these Mm -hmm. two are the opposite of that at that point, you know, at that point in the film, you know, uh, AJ's not 
breaking her. No, but in his case, it's like, you're not good enough for my daughter because I don't want you marrying an oil rig worker, you yeah. know? And so but yeah. it's, also it's so his had the- own rig and he's shooting like guns kind of wildly. I, like, it's, that's, a, it's his employee stupid. at it's this stupid. point. You don't What's shoot his daughter doing on the thing. But, That's well, not she, the issue. The issue well, is it's, 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 he's oh, a, yeah, he's the employer. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, the, but, so okay, they, even but, if you take, <laughs> you know, even if you take out the fact that he's the employer, so he was, he mentions at some point, like I've got like eight million of my own dollars invested in in yeah, this yeah, and everything, yeah. like like he could blow up his whole situation literally, like by shooting mm-hmm. his gun randomly. I'm like, yeah. he he can't be that. He's not that stupid, and I can't believe that he would let that emotion kind of really override that stupidity for more than one shot okay he sh- she shoots yeah. one off and then he comes to his senses but he yeah, like but- it just it, it was a little over the top ridiculousness for the situation i they love- also got it i'm sorry go ahead so, i'm sorry steve i, no, I love bruce willis shooting guns i'm sorry do it on the back of a horse do it in a big tall rise <laughs> sure. building. i don't care bruce willis you shoot some guns bro I, I get that. <laughs> I get that. But for the character, and again, here's the thing: is is people on these situations, especially the guy who owns the company and owns the rig, right. they're ridiculous. very safety conscious. Yeah. Like, yeah. you you can't be that person who owns that and not be you know. Safety be interesting conscious. if we have the same conversation though about them landing the shuttle on a moving asteroid and <laughs> drilling into the well there's like, a whole we bunch of ridiculousness when we get to yeah, well, that, was, that that's yes. going to go into that's yes. getting into the bad and the ugly I think, for <laughs> there's a lot out. of ridiculousness there what you yeah. know who i you know who i loved in the movie and they were only in for a short time hmm. carl and Dottie. the husband and wife team that find the the asteroid oh, now I of course so the fact yeah the fact that Okay, he's the he's the only guy that finds it with a telescope from 1932. <laughs> you know, okay, I no, I don't accept that. Well, but it's okay. But the interaction between the two is hilarious, and that's that type of comedy that the movie has. Funny, it seems like it's a tad abusive. Like it gets into. I'm like, I don't know if this is hilarious. It but just that's seems like when he goes, I I named it after my wife Dottie, and she's like, oh, what a nice thing. Yeah, she is nice. Life destroying. <laughs> It's just, I don't know. <laughs> he has this amazing telescope set up, and they live in a trailer. I know, <laughs> but yeah. that's again. They always like to have the crackpot guy who's the one who finds sure. everything. Sure, spend yeah. your but, money where your heart is. Sure, mm-hmm. but that would seem is. to be like a really weird disconnect yes. too. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's so no, many that's... weird things, and the fact yeah. that this. Okay, oh god, I want to jump into this. I want to jump into the bad, about the ugly. Some good stuff. Sorry. Let okay, me talk about let, some good yeah, stuff. Let, okay, sorry. Okay. I got two I words. I had a hard time coming up with good stuff. Okay, I did. I okay, I, I really oh, did. Okay, okay. so okay, the enough. good. Mm-hmm. Visually, I felt like this film still holds up. Yeah, sure. I mm-hmm. was surprised at how good some of the outer space stuff still looked. Um, and I mean, it's Michael Bay. So it's his action is kind of his thing. And, you know, um, so it's definitely a Michael Bay film um, as far as directing and all that stuff. But um, I got I got two words for you. The the good about this film. And those two words are Bruce Willis. Okay. 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 Without Bruce Willis, this film is Mm -hmm. very uninteresting to me. I'm not a Ben Affleck fan, although there are some films of his I do enjoy that I think yep. he does fine. And I think he's a fine actor. 
I did not particularly care for Ben Affleck in this film, but also I got two other words for you guys. Uh-huh. Jason Isaacs. Yeah, that's okay. true. He was there. The first captain on Discovery. Mm. And, I can't uh, remember his yeah, name now. Malfoy. Yeah. Ronald um, Quincy. Um, right. The character's name. Yeah. So he's, he, he, I thought he was, one. you know, he's, he's not featured a super ton in the mm-hmm. film, but enough yeah. where you can go, hey, that's, I like that. So I like that. And the film does boast a pretty generous, great cast for the most part, although I'm going to get into some of my bad and ugly with some of the cast okay. um, well. a little bit later. <laughs> but Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. Jason Isaacs, and I think visually the film still holds up. Yeah. Um, is it perfect in that regard? No, I think there are some things that date it, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's not hard. I don't think this would be a film that, for instance, Frank would go laugh at because of the special effects. Well, we're going to talk about <laughs> okay. Frank thinks well, about that, or you can talk you. about that you know, at some and, point. Uh, and I, I want to bring up one other thing that I really enjoyed in the film, and it's one of the least action-intense scenes, but it's when Chick, that's his sidekick, goes to visit his wife, his estranged wife and his mm-hmm. son. And it's a it's really actually a very beautiful scene. It really, really is. And they, of course, they at the end, they, they bring them back together. But those are the kind of light touches the movie has that works really well. I think sometimes when they get away from the action and you just have the quiet scenes, they're really some of the best in the whole movie. Um, the crashing and banging and smashing is yeah. you know one thing. That's, that's what they want in the film. But those types of scenes in the movie really stood out. And even though it's going to end up in bad and ugly area, but the guy who plays the Russian, he's hilarious. Oh, I love him. I love that actor. He's, you know, I mean, the first time I ever saw him was in, in uh, Fargo. And he plays the, uh, one of the two bad guys that shoves uh, Buscemi mm-hmm. into the wood chipper. So, yeah. And... <laughs> And you know, and the oh, thing the about original. You, yes, and then you think about you know Buscemi, and he's so great in the film. The great Marty Feldman once was asked why he's such an ugly man. Why is he so successful in films and stuff? And you look Buscemi; he's, he's that really weird-looking guy that yeah. you just want to have in a movie, and he fits perfectly for it with the bug eyes and the mm-hmm. bad teeth. He's great. He really he's is comfortable in his skin. At mm-hmm. least he mm-hmm. comes across that way. Oh yeah, definitely. All right. So, I, has everybody it's, shared all their well, good thoughts here's, or here's, anything else? Here's more about Bruce Willis, okay? Okay. Um, and I learned this just today as I was researching, but Bruce Willis was apparently the cause of another film being broken up. That was going to be a Disney film. He was going to play a hockey player, mm-hmm. and. Apparently, he didn't like a lot that was going on with the film. In in the film, it just it just the filming had to wrap. It was there's nothing that could be done, I guess. And so to pay Disney back, he owed them three films at a much reduced rate of pay. Okay. And Armageddon was one of them. A little film called The Sixth Sense was another one. And then there was another more family friendly film called The Kid. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in those are three films. He had to pay Disney back in some way. He took a reduced, uh, I guess, a very largely reduced pay cut to film these three films. But two out of the three 
were major blockbusters and probably only helped to propel his career even more. Yeah, especially but, but, the, yeah, 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 the good uh, the the Sixth Sense was fabulous, and yeah. it's one of those movies where you watch it the first time, and then you watch the second time, and you go ah. ah. <laughs> right. How could I allow myself to get deceived that way? Oh my God, I didn't <laughs> see that coming. Oh, uh, so many people. I, I, yeah, I was too young for that. So it's like by the time I was actually, I don't even, I haven't even seen it. But like, it's the ending was something that I just grew up knowing. Yeah. So it's like I don't know what that'd be like to watch it for the first time and not and know exactly how it's how it's gonna mm -hmm. end. Yeah. But, but I was gonna say one more good thing that I loved about this film, and Please. I always love this montage, is just when they're all training to be astronauts and they're all going through the tests and just seeing mm -hmm. how terrible they are at it, it's just hysterical. So I well, always they, have fun with that that montage. Well, it's also they stole directly from the right stuff, right down to the uh scary looking mm -hmm. nurse with the uh, reflector on her head. But that's okay because they had fun with that. And that is one of my, the whole sequence is fun. So it's good, even though it's, also, also, it has some right. issues as well. Yeah, I also learned that um, some of the scenes were, a lot, lot of this was filmed actually at NASA. Mm -hmm. And some of the areas um, are tip, were typically at the time, at least not, they didn't want anybody filming um, in some of the areas. But NASA, when they read the script, they loved how patriotic this film was, mm -hmm. right. and so they gave they gave them some special clearance to have some shots made. So, so I thought that was kind of, that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I, can I ask a question about the patriot the patriotism of the movie? Like, is there any scenario where in real life, if this were to happen, that only the U.S. would be dealing with it? It just seems like, okay, wouldn't the other countries, like, wouldn't Canada try to contribute well, somehow? I That's feel what... like this would be an international effort. I mean, yeah, so NASA so, does, right? you know, in real, well, so in real life, you know, NASA has the Planetary Protection Office. Um, but there's also a lot of joint efforts between NASA and ESA on that, especially actually the recent DART mission. There's going to mm -hmm. be a follow-up ESA mission in a couple of years. Um, they're launching in 2024 to go study the impact crater for DART and also kind of follow up. And so, you know, it's already international stuff to just deal with this. So yeah, there, there's, there's no way that this would just solely be, mm -hmm. you know, uh, on one, one country. Michael so. May. Before yeah. we switch mm -hmm. off yeah. to the, the next subject, Chris, you said you'd endorse this and you tell you have, have people watch it, friends and family. Brian, would oh, yeah. you uh, recommend this movie to friends and family? I would to friends. Okay. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, don't, I, just, I, I think it's a popular film. It's got a lot mm -hmm. going for it. It's not perfect, but I would, I would, I had no problem saying, "Hey, if you just want to, a no-brainer." Yeah, just mm -hmm. this has got some of the stuff in it that'll yeah. entertain you. And Adina, uh, uh, no. Well, well, that's the thing. It's it's kind of if depends on what someone is looking for. If they're looking for right, like just a, a you know a no-brainer, um, mm -hmm. you know that has a lot of action. Yeah, I wouldn't mm -hmm. not necessarily recommend it. But here's the funny thing is, so my husband and I watched it. We we rewatched it early in the year. And mm -hmm. when I told him we were doing this for the podcast, and I was going to watch it again. I was like, why did we watch it a few months ago? Cause I know I had seen it years ago in the theater mm -hmm. and I couldn't remember why I'm wondering if we watched it after having just watched, just look up. If we okay. wanted to kind of remember how this oh, movie really? did it, mm -hmm. I, I think. Um, but I don't know. So, so I made him watch it. So we watched it together a few months ago. So I guess I did recommend it to a family or sort of, mm -hmm. um, I tried to get my oldest to watch it. 
he did not watch the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And although he watched the beginning and he watched the end, <laughs> he oh. did not okay. watch a lot of the middle, but okay. we can talk about that when we talk to him. Yeah. Um, well. But like I said, depending on what someone is looking for, yep. you know, this could if, be a recommendation. If you're, gonna, if, yeah. if you're looking for something that's Moonfall, but better, but not Moonfall. <laughs> I Ar- like Armageddon's it. a good. Sure. You yeah. Are, yep. You know. yep. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I wrote down, even though it's a guilty pleasure, and that's what this yes, movie is. That's yeah, really that's good. that's fair. Yes, it's silly. It's fun. The characters you understand. And I have to agree with Brian. Um, it's got Bruce Willis. So there you go. You know. All right. So we're going to move on to the bad. But wait a minute. Real quick. Okay. Is this okay. a Christmas film or an action film, though? That's what I want to know. <laughs> this, isn't act, this is not a okay, Christmas not film. Okay. It's not like Die Hard. Yes. Okay. No. So are, are, we we are, definitely know what this is. Yes. Can we? Okay. Quote, or we know what it's not. <laughs> so I got one question. Are we allowed yeah. to quote dialogues? I don't want to be inappropriate, but there's a line that, that uh, you, I of love. Of course you can. Okay. Then go ahead. Uh, is this before we switch over? Is this job too hard for big nuts something something hairy? I can't remember the exact dialogue, but I just love it. It just it's there's something weird about it, but it's charming. What is the line? I can't. This is going to bother me now. Uh, I don't the recall Google it. script. Okay. I'm, yeah. 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 Big nuts, I'll go. I'll go Sam. into reading the uh, questions for the bad, and then if Adina okay. can find it in her fantastic way of handling Google, we'll we'll see. So okay. uh, what, my first question about it was, what parts of the film left you going, huh? What characters or characters would you been happy to see left out of the film? What parts of the film were based on good science but used incorrectly? And if you didn't like the film, is there any way you could find a way to recommend it to a friend or family? If. <laughs> I think we already answered that question, so we can go into that so bad stuff in the movie stuff I, that's like i i, yeah, I go ahead. uh animal crackers just don't work for oh, me okay see that that well, i would say that's <laughs> ugly that's ugly but well i'm i'm you know i i thought about putting animal crackers as ugly but it's it's you know i i just i don't know i just i can't stop not talk about animal crackers right now Mm-hmm. Um, what in the Harry Hey Hey were they thinking? And uh, also, like for me, this I read that the science there's like 172 points of science where the science is just dead, absolutely wrong. Um, I don't know who did that study or who you know mm-hmm. who what professional scientist and d- did all that stuff. But um, to me, to me, uh. I think, and I know we've talked about the love story being over the top, and it's mm-hmm. we, we use words like guilty pleasure. Um, I'm just glad Liv Tyler got the opportunity to go on to do greater things like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. He's been in a couple romantic comedies that I think are way better than what she was given to do here. Yeah, this um, was a terrible romance. I just, I, I, w- I kind of wish they would have, you know, the opening scene is funny and. Mm-hmm. Let it go at that, and you know, maybe at the end, let him kiss at the end. You know, um, you did, you just didn't get moved by. I'm uh, leaving on a jet, but yes, in the green, in the in the clean uh, clean room, they're having a last moment together. What? I just what? <laughs> it's awful. 
It was. It's I mean, that so to me weird. was like the the cheesy rom com. Like again, that stuff didn't bother. But it see, didn't bother me. It's funny. I yeah. love cheesy rom coms, but it, for me, it's like they took everything from rom coms but did it wrong. It's just like cringy and cheesy, mm-hmm. and like to the point where. And I know now my now Dill and I we are animal crackers, but we have this new code code word that if someone's being if there's a couple that's being too cheesy and romantic and kind of cringy, they're animal crackers. But now mm-hmm. we are the animal crackers, which is a problem. But like mm-hmm. to me, that that whole I don't know scene, though. I mean, I guess if you're into animal crackers, it's just I don't know. I mean, I love romance, but this is they just I don't know. I can't say enough about how I don't like this romance. And like, do you think it's possible for two people in the same? <laughs> Sorry, also, 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 my bad. I'm gonna have to disagree. Uh, I f- I forget now if it was Chris or Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's way better than anything he did in this role. So for you like, still haven't seen the astronaut oh. farmer. Oh, oh I <laughs> yes, I have, and I liked the astronaut farmer. Did you really? I oh, would boy. rather watch the astronaut farmer again than Armageddon. It, I mean, really? I guess because because <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I I voiced in a f- past episode. I, I I thought the astronaut farmer was a as as a, a fun film for me, but it, it, it you know I, I've only watched it once. It's not one okay. I'm going to go back and watch again. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. I I guess there's parts of this film where I felt like he just kind of walking through it. Because it, I mean, it was so, and maybe that was the stick he was going for. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, in I just, what sense? Like, I, I, I thought. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, at the end, the the scene where he notices Liv Tyler is up in the room above them, as they're all cheering and excited that are, the asteroids are splitting across Earth, and he sees her up there, and then all of a sudden he's up there and. I felt yeah, like, I <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's camera work. You know, they didn't really go in close on Billy Bob Thornton either. You know, it was all about Liv Tyler's mm-hmm. moment there, but um, I just, I just, I, you know, and maybe it's again, the nature of the film too. I mean, this is not, I don't know if anybody was ever going to win an Academy award for their acting in the film no. Armageddon. No. So again, <laughs> guilty pleasure. I mean, he does fine. I just, for me, I'm like, I don't know. I just always love the people in the command center. Like, get me a, get on the phone. You've got to call 11,000 people. We need them here. We need everybody in this room he's to good work at on that. this. Yeah, I like that. And I just love his, yeah. like, and even when he's doing the rocket demonstration or not the rocket demonstration, but when he's like, all right, we've got our models and goofy Your trying not to laugh. Coyote but, rocket yeah. will catch up with it. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't that, know. That's, I just that's like that. but there's the no-brainer scenes in the film like we're going to explain to you something very unique about slingshotting around the move and we're going to do it with puppet spaceships around a globe from someone's elementary school you know okay but that's a Star that Trek was thing actually too. not that was probably one of the more realistic things <laughs> <laughs> in oh. the movie we actually have things like lego models and stuff on our desks oh, and really? we might break them out if we need to actually explain a visual so that that was the, probably the one part now everything else about how they react in those control centers and everything to is is not oh, not quite wrong. right but that no. fact uh. that they're using kind of like cheesy models that you might find on your desk like that yep <laughs> Okay, we yeah. gotta get into. I guess when we get into the ugly, like what parts were not accurate in terms, not the science, but just like the, I guess maybe the procedures they were using, and maybe mm-hmm. the dialogue mm-hmm. wasn't accurate. Oh, there's so many things that were just okay. not right. Well, yeah, just like know. the top five from you. Yeah, we're it'd be we're easier almost... to tell you what was accurate. Okay. <laughs> right. the, well, okay, then let me let me ask the uh, physicist in the room here. Yes. 
they talk about they only have 18 days from the moment that they learn about the asteroid coming, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they say that the asteroid is traveling at 22,000 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. And it originated from a comet hitting it in the asteroid belt. So mm -hmm. I did a little math. It's 150 million miles from the asteroid belt to the Earth. And at 22,000 miles per hour, it would take 285 days, approximately there, to get from there. But they learn in 18, they only have 18 days. That means that if putting it out 18, that's yeah. the thing that just drove me crazy about this film. Mm -hmm. 18 days, not yeah. 30 days, not 45 days, which might fit into everything that they accomplished to do this mission. But just 18 days, mm -hmm. that's, a, it that's a mis big mistake, considering, so, considering they waste three days just getting Bruce Willis yeah. to Houston. Nothing about the timing makes any sense. But, what, but it starts even from the size of the thing that they're saying is coming towards Earth. The size doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So they say Texas it's about size. the size of, of Texas. Yes. Texas is like 1,600 kilometers there's nothing in the asteroid belt that big so what is a comet hitting there, there's nothing to hit so the largest things in the asteroid belt are the dwarf planets which are smaller than that mm -hmm. so so just starting huh. with that it's it's ridiculous and then how it's like when we actually do see this thing and the fact that it's like all shards like I, I can't. Yeah, this, no, nothing looks pictures. right. Nothing, make, nothing makes sense. So nothing about the timing makes sense. Nothing about the size makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but all the having... Texans went, yeah, Texas. <laughs> and the people from right. uh, I mean, uh, Alaska said, no, we're bigger than you. So yeah. now the only thing that makes sense about that is if something that large actually did hit the planet earth yes it is it is completely game over so i mean when we think about you know think about the size of texas the asteroid that hit you know from that you know made the dinosaurs go extinct that was like a couple miles like five six miles well they even okay. think, i think they even say that at the beginning of the movie when, they, they might Charles they Hester might have but yes doing it, his narration yeah. Yeah. yeah well and but that that's the thing is you know it doesn't take something you know terribly large to actually produce that kind of event mm -hmm. so the something the size of texas is like a ridiculous size but where did this the, the, it's that doesn't exist out <laughs> or another thing there. adina our resident physicist <laughs> at the beginning of the movie those meteorites mm -hmm. are hitting the hitting new york city and mm -hmm. destroying from new york to finland which is a big area that's covering mm -hmm. Why would they precede its arrival? Right. That, that, that makes no sense. And so the fact gets, that if they no were sense. the size of a basketball or a Volkswagen, they never would have passed the atmosphere. No, no, that's not true. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't they, now the, the size of that you, size. It can. Yeah. They I mean, that's what we do have in the atmosphere because I saw a beautiful yeah. shooting star the other night. Yeah, it can, Well, most shooting stars you see are actually the size of dust. Like they're, okay. you know, are, are, are like really tiny. No. So something that size can make it through. They're okay. not necessarily going to. So to have several make it through. But the more ridiculousness is the fact that, you know, it they impact every important building yes, <laughs> in New York right. City. You know, so like, you know, there's a whole, and yes, how are they like proceeding 
you know, the big asteroid by several days. Like there's just so many things that just make yeah. no sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. One okay. thing, like there was um maybe a decade ago, there was something maybe I think baseball size that landed um in Russia, like exploded a whole bunch of windows and uh, you know, there was a big one that, you know, like big, mm-hmm. I mean, like a baseball size that like hit the ground, you know, they can make it in, but having several all hit the right spots at the, you know, yeah. for dramatic, I mean, it is all, it is obviously done to make the movie interesting. Although you have this massive disaster in New York city and like, it's not mentioned the rest of the movie. I know like, exactly. It's kind of like silly you too. Know, like you, there's so much, sil- I mean, there's I'm, silliness too. I think I we ask need to something here and I'm going to make it easy on you all. We're just going to combine the bad and the ugly together. I, th- I think that's what we need <laughs> to do. We really have to. Yeah. And, and, and so let me just quickly read the questions so their audience can hear mm-hmm. the questions I posed to you about the ugly portion, which is what parts of the film left you saying, why oh why did I watch this movie? What, this is pure bull guano crazy stuff. <laughs> what characters would you have loved been left on the asteroid with Bruce Willis just to see them go bye-bye? What parts oh, of the film <laughs> defy the laws of gravity, man, and beast? I mean, really, what parts were so far-fetched that you had to look away? And finally, so in the fewest of words possible, why did you truly hate this film? If you truly did, and don't hold back, this is your moment of bliss. Oh, so I'm not okay. going to say I truly hated it. You know, not in the way when we were talking about Moonfall a couple weeks right. ago, right? Okay. But, it, but this, it's more the fact that this is just a ridiculous movie. And if I go in reminding myself, I'm thinking, you know, this is just ridiculousness. There's some amount of guilty pleasure enjoyment that can mm-hmm. be had from it. But yeah, but that, that's exactly what it is. Everything about it every, at every step of the way is ridiculous. How everything gets, you know, the things are getting destroyed, the threat, the timing of the threat, the fact that there are magical, like, mm-hmm. you know, secret shuttles that happen to, yes, you know. Yes, the X-71. We yes, have those like, on the launch And then the fact that there's not just one, but there's two. And the fact that. And the way, you know, one of the things that bothers me um, in movies is how they they fly these things, because it's yeah. almost like they, they are flying in an atmosphere, not mm-hmm. in space. So that's always that's completely wrong. So, yeah, every so just so much things were just everything was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, so exciting. can I can I jump in and like add a Please, go ahead, resolution Chris. hat thing, even though I'm not supposed to as a media, I'm not supposed to say who's right and who's wrong. But here's my beef. <laughs> The guy, the the dude who's selling stuff on the side, and then there's the other guy with the dog. How is that guy, they're acting like the way the movie's shot, like, hey, this guy, the guy who's selling the stuff, he gets killed by the asteroid. It's like a laugh line, like he deserved it. He was mean to the dog. Mm-hmm. No, the dog came at him messing up the stuff that he was trying to sell. So mm-hmm. he's allowed to be that way. I don't think the other guy with the dog is in the right here because it was his dog that was messing up his stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but then the movie by killing him says that oh yeah he was the other guy with the dog was right because he was being mean it's like no no that's not how that works even yeah. though again we're not supposed to say who's right and who's wrong as a mediator but it bothered me just from well like, you're you're this is not you're, you're not acting in the capacity of a mediator yeah. you're, you're so a podcaster can, here yeah, you can, so can you can say, say people are right and wrong all you want but right. he is so, you are a resident physicist he is our resident mediator i'm the resident pastor mm-hmm. steve and i'm just the guy the guy <laughs> The resident retired guy. There we and go. <laughs> we all we all have the same voice, though. We mm-hmm. we all matter. So yeah. well, I, I, I have. <laughs> I, I was going to go ahead. I, I was just going to say, you know, there was where I said the fewest possible words of why this is a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. First off, Jerry Buckheimer and 
Michael Bay, right there. When I see them, I know I'm getting Transformers and dumb dialogue and bad directing and bad everything. But the one that really got me the most when I saw the beginning of the film was J.J. Abrams' name as one of the writers of the oh, script. Oh, yes. I didn't that, know that till this week. Um, exactly. You know, I, right. And when I saw I went, oh, my God, for shame, J.J. I don't oh. think so. Because well, this is when he was... This, 1998 to, to us, he was popular. unknown, right? I mean, this is he this is before anyone knew who he It's like writing, you know. Okay, my first script I'm going to write to sell is going to be a zombie monster movie called Shark or Make Sharknado. That's going to be oh, my phew. first movie I'm going to sell, you and look, I'll go up from there. But really, you look at the screenwriters. Nine people had their hands on this. Yeah, that's preposterous. That's why it's. Almost like asking a room full of chimps to write Shakespeare. You get, oh, and you get what do you get? You get Armageddon or or Moonfall. One of the well, other. Well, I mean, I don't think so. What I want to know. Disagree mostly, but it's like the dialogue is fine. It's cheesy. It's fun. Animal cracker scene. That's the part I'm like. I don't know how this made it. Somebody thought this was a good dialogue. People approved it. The studio probably had notes on how to make the scene better. Mm -hmm. It was shot. <laughs> there was a lighting, um, like a, a director of photography who was there. All of these people made that scene happen, but nobody realized it was terrible. I'll allow the cheesy dialogue. I love like the cheesy lines, but that, but the is it possible for two people to be having like some two people are having the same conversation we're having right now? What terrible dialogue! Well but here's what I here's what I kind of would like to know and understand. Okay, yes. especially now that you know, Brian, you were telling us that some of this stuff was added later, and so I did bring up you know one of the, the script for the movie, and so what I've been I feel like I've been kind of piecing together is okay, so there's a script for a movie, and they use that script to hire the actors and hire the people, and mm -hmm. then they shoot the movie, but then things change after, oh, and yeah. so like what you're talking about, like like the animal crackers, it's not in the script that I'm looking at. So if that came late, so the thing is, is I'm like, so there is a group of writers, they wrote a script, but then who changed or did things like later, you know? You, you know what I mean? Like, so it wasn't like that was in the original script and that's what sold the movie. It was something else sold the movie. Well, and some Brian, of the stuff came later. Bruce Willis. Okay, right. here's right. the thing. Best Brian, shooting a gun face. Brian, when they made... <laughs> Uh, die Hard. Mm -hmm. They rewrote the script while they were filming the movie, mm -hmm. adding scenes, adding dialogue, changing things. It's going to happen in the middle of a film. They're going to go, you know what we're missing? We're missing that yeah. love scene. We need to have that interaction between AJ and Grace. So what do we do? Okay, they're go we're going to let them all go free for a day, which loses another day in the storyline. Right, right, and yeah. all go off and do, do whatever they want and be whoever they want. And so we're going to put them, you know, having that love scene. And then, oh, they're right by the also, by the way. And, you know, it's like Bruce Willis and Grace having that wonderful moment and then seeing the cheesy plaque up for Apollo one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was just like, no. I mean, that's a that silly patriotism that. they throw in the film, but that was a little uncalled for. But it's know? like you already have a good love story. You already have. I can't think of the actor's name, but he looks like Jim Carrey to me and his wife, his ex-wife. That to me would have been the better story oh, to focus yeah, the on. The character yeah. check. Yeah. yeah, that's and I like the scene that I think that life. would have been a good like if you expanded that storyline somehow and made that your love story, like 
that would have been better because yeah. the living uh ben affleck one is just it's brutal to me it's like the it's stuff know, i always skip with the movie i also read now this is this is very interesting and in uh <clears throat> disclaimer i don't know if it's actually true or not okay but apparently michael bay hated ben affleck's teeth did you guys oh, really? see this or read they're this? They're so no. white no. in the movie that that he felt like Ben Affleck's real teeth look like baby teeth, and he thought the hero, one of the heroes of the film, should have big, bold white teeth. You know, manly teeth, whatever that is. I guess. Well, then that's so why Steve Buscemi is not the hero of this film. They actually <laughs> had um, Ben Affleck go to a dentist and get fitted. And had to have his teeth upgraded. And so what you see in the film and what you see of Ben Affleck now are different, are fake teeth to his real teeth. So you oh, can, okay. you can judge that in his teeth. movie history. To <laughs> what the teeth you see now are different than the teeth before Armageddon. And it costs twenty thousand dollars. Okay. Wow. So that makes a lot of sense because like Dylan and I were both like, what is going on with this man's teeth? Like they are so intense and they're so bright. It's like how is he like going through all this stuff and then his teeth are like that? It's like almost Ross levels, not the same, but you it's like Ross Michael White. Bay. Michael Bay. Like it's so crazy. And Gosh, and that's like the second movie he was in where somebody they spent like millions of dollars to deal with like a facial thing. And the other one being uh Batman v Superman, where it's like, oh yeah, uh Superman, you had the mustache, we gotta get rid of that. You, you want <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna throw I'm gonna throw a little defense for Ben Affleck. And I'm not a really fan of him, but if you've ever seen The Accountant, yes, I do like that. Is a fantastic movie, and he plays it so straight, even though it's all an action film. It turns into. I guess I should say I like I like more recent Ben Affleck. I like Mm -hmm. older Ben Affleck than the younger, youthful Ben Affleck that's in this film. See, yeah, I actually like yeah, him. Like, personally. I loved him as Batman. He was like the best thing about those movies. See, I, I wasn't a fan of him as Batman, but just if you go back to like the Goodwill Hunting, like when mm-hmm. we first like got introduced to him, I I really I love Goodwill Hunting. That's a great movie. Even though his mm-hmm. role was like a little, you know, it wasn't he didn't have the primary role in that. Still, like that was amazing. So there's a couple other science questions I have for you, Adina. Sure. It's all wrong. Um, <laughs> yes, I think you'll agree. Quickest trip to a space station, uh, the mirror one. They're like they're like in 13 minutes. Uh, that's no good. Um. So yeah, 13 minutes is not happening. But but, but yeah. depending on your timing, you know. Um, and, depending and, and, on your timing, you can uh-huh. if you're going like straight there, and so a lot of things have to line up. You can do it. An hour or two hours. Like it, it can line up, you know, well. And, um okay. And do any yeah. of the spacecraft you've ever encountered involved with <laughs> you fix it with taking a wrench and pounding on parts no. of it to, no, like okay. nothing uh, about the, the motors no. work again. So noted. No. Okay. no. Noted. What about the uh <laughs> let's jump no. off the asteroid or jump off the canyon, drive our thing off the canyon, and then pilot the ship. Sort of, no. and then and on the other kid, that didn't get that didn't make you uh, cheer science. No, and and, and what about <laughs> what about the water vapor on their helmets on the uh, asteroid? 
where did the water vapor so come? given everything about this quote unquote <laughs> asteroid is wrong uh, i mean like we, yeah we have it's, to talk about the go oh, ahead sorry, go chris ahead. please no, we, go ahead chris we've got to talk about the elephant in the room the uh -oh. the drillers it's easier to treat to treat drillers how to be astronauts than it is to treat yeah. no sorry teach not treat yeah. <laughs> apologize <laughs> Okay. That, that whole so that's the one I'm actually not as bothered by that as by mm -hmm. like everything else. And, and the reason is, is because experience matters in mm -hmm. so many disciplines. So mm -hmm. I can completely understand that concept of, you know, drilling can be an art. You know, there are a lot of things in, in quote unquote science that can really be <clears throat> an art. And so I can kind of understand that you you want people who understand how this stuff works, possibly involved. But now the, the problem is, is they only have experience drilling on Earth. Right. right. And an asteroid is a complete, you know, unknown. However, like I said, I can see some lot like in reality, what I would think that they would do is your crew or astronauts. And then you take like the one mission specialist yeah, that would be who sense. has like, that, like, you know, Harrison Schmidt, uh, Harrison Schmidt was the geologist you know, and the one geologist that they sent to the moon, he was on the last moon landing, mm -hmm. you know? So like I said, I, I can see that there is some amount of logic to that, but the fact that they're like ripping apart their equipment and kind of retrofitting some of that. And the fact that it's actually working on this asteroid, like there's all ridiculousnesses there. But like I said, I, I don't, that whole, which do you train? You, you do, you want to mix up both. I, I feel like the real answer is they you should, would want yeah. to mix up both people. Yeah, so be, so be Bruce Willis then with like the other guy who's in every, um, uh, I can't think of the actor's name, but he's in like uh, so many, I can't think of the director. He was in The Dark Knight as like the guy that ran the bank. Mm -hmm. That actor, he's on Mum or in Mum. The guy who's I'm like the, 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 the chief astronaut about? guy who's like, I've got a gun in here and I've got secret orders and I've got to press the. Oh, you mean William Fitchner? Yes. Yeah. So, like, wouldn't you need to have like more of astronauts, him, and then maybe Bruce Willis as the specialist? Yeah, that's another yeah. one. That's another one. You know, Adina, you, you know that weight is the enemy of space travel, mass. Exactly. Not weight, mass. So, oh, so really, so then the, the idea of having a safe with a combination lock and a gun in it was... Uh, yeah, kind of ridiculous. But they yeah. at least, but in their defense, though, they at least did have a character go, why do you have a gun in space? So it's yes. like, all right, we're, we're they, acknowledging they did, like, it, yeah. it's crazy. Like, and, what yes, is it called? Lampshading. And yes, and why did they fit the armadillos with Gatling guns? I don't quite understand. Yeah, that. there's... I, I, yeah, those are the kind of things that just like... Should have the A-team theme playing through all that stuff, the A-team yes. theme. It's it's almost like during the film they're going, you know what we need in this? We need a Gatling gun on it so we can shoot it and show Steve Buscemi mm -hmm. going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I like that toys. part. It, 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 I, it's, it, I was yeah. okay with his character up until he went space crazy. That that was oh my god. <laughs> that was weird. See, I love that. It's like what a stupid thing to do. Have <laughs> Gatling guns on it, but I'm like, I'm in. Mm -hmm. I'm in. It's like. Um, the movie Triple X2, where it's like, what about a Sea-Doo that also becomes a land vehicle and then transforms as he's coming out of the water? And I'm like, I'm in. Just give me something stupid like that, and I'm all I mean, for honestly, it. honestly, car with a Gapling gun, car without a Gapling gun. Well, right. that's a I'm going to pick the Gapling gun yeah. car every time, even if I have zero intention of using that sucker. <laughs> I'm going to drive around with one hand on that sucker 
going, yeah, <laughs> you want to race? Okay. You know, like, right. <laughs> well, that's, that's another, that, that isn't science fiction, but boy, you get into fast and furious films. You go, what? Really? Ooh, no. Like what about a car with magnets, like with giant magnets on it. So it can magnetize the other cars around it. I'm all in. I love that or, stuff. Or or having a car beat another car in a drag race when it's in reverse. How many gear shifts can you make in reverse? I think none. I mean, right, right. We're not going to get it. No, that's a tangent. Yeah, so no, fast as yours. I guess let's, by the way, it's let's going, stick to this bad move. Or this, they could this, be on our list. Yes. Or but, on, uh, on the show. See, uh, one other I, thing that I got to point out that was really please. bothering me about this movie. So when they did like right. the the montage scenes, like where they showed all the scenes around the world. You know, they're showing Paris and they're showing mm. Indian. Okay. Oh, mm. I hated that. It's yes. daytime everywhere. Yes. Well, not just that. It's like you've got this religion, that religious group, well, this, you know, like it was just cheesy. It was every cheesy all, stereotype, yeah. but it was daytime everywhere. It was, wasn't it? See, it was daytime was. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. I didn't even think right. of that. What bothered me the most was this small town where it's like, okay, this is 1998. Why yes. is there some town? With people that look like they're from the fifties. Yes. I'm like, yep. why am I seeing like fifties white picket fence situation? Well, and, the truck behind like, them too. Yeah, it's just yeah, like it. what is? And then there were two people like when they saved the day, everybody's cheering. There's like these two people on a bench just chilling. It's like, do you not realize that you're that you're that Earth has just been saved? Why are you not cheering? They had to go and do a soapbox derby race at the end of the film <laughs> as well. That was very important. <laughs> Well, even, disoriented even, because it's daytime when it should be night somewhere. The, yes. <laughs> the brick building with the people, presumably an apartment building with the huge American flag mm -hmm. they're under, you know, like just like, and it's all slow-mo. And I get what they're going, you know, that's the mm -hmm. patriotic part they were trying yeah. to arouse all wow. the Texans with, you know, and, uh, <sighs> but, uh, uh, you know, okay. yeah, I'd forgotten you know, that, Texas, that end. Texas, we love you. Just, we do. We do. I have dear friends in texas we're only making fun of texas because they kept calling it a texas-sized asteroid yeah, that's right <laughs> right <clears throat> did anyone notice the eleven thousand situation where they get where 11 variations of eleven thousand or 11 this 11 that kept coming up yes they did. 11, we have eleven thousand guys in nasa working on this right now well you do but you're going to call in oil riggers to do it that's the only one guy <laughs> if it was eleven thousand. Yeah. then it was eleven thousand feet 11 11 minutes it was just all over the place. Oh my God, it, it is. I'm like looking at the script. 11 years as an astronaut, 11 minutes. Oh no, well, okay. So this is the script. I, I feel like this is the pre-script. This is the script before the movie was filmed. So there's two instances, 11. They'll be pulling nine and a half Gs for 11 minutes, General, and 11 years as an astronaut, and blah, 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 blah. 11,000 signs. That was JJ, but I bet JJ was like, um, this is my mark. I'm going to say 11. How many times will they let me use the 11? Yeah, it's like 47 in Trek. <laughs> they stopped yeah. at a 7-Eleven to get a yeah. smoothie on their way to the... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That wet wasn't in the film. Uh, you know, uh, I, again, it, it, does anybody have any more to vent, you know... I, can I tell a story? Go, please. Go ahead, Chris. Thank I'm so you. glad I, I can edit this because I've went... Like so many times, and I'm going to, have to edit them all out. Oh, no, no, sorry. you have to increase the volume of that so we can really hear it. <laughs> no, Chris, please, uh, brother, please. That's my fault. Um, I got into a lot of not real trouble, but fake trouble with with Dill when we were watching this because she's like, "Does anybody die?" And I'm like, "I couldn't. I'd forgot that a lot of people died in this movie." And I'm like, "No, no, they all make it back." 
<laughs> Oscar dies, and he was the voice yeah. of Lightning McQueen. Come on, right? And <laughs> then I completely forgot about that. So when, when we finished, she's like, "You told me no one died," and then they kept being brought up for the rest of the weekend. But it so was Jen, I forgot about that. Yeah. So Frank watched like the last forty minutes with me, and when all the ridiculous things was was uh, happening, he was like, "Oh, I guess they're gonna die." And then like <laughs> two minutes later, they're there. He's like, "Huh?" I was like, oh, "Okay." And then something else happens. Oh, I guess they're gonna die. Uh, nope, they're still alive. <laughs> that happened Sorry. for like five or six times. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yes, kiddo, you were right. They should have been dead like a thousand times over or 11 times over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, there was. That's that's the that is the <laughs> problem of this movie, because it was really written. And I'm sorry, but it was really written as a dumbed down, you know, that they dumbed down the science, they dumbed down the characters they dumb down things so that it would be enjoyable you know that you didn't really have to think about it you know i mean yes we we, we look at we we can look at other films and also find the failures in it in which we did spend a whole episode on moonfall <laughs> and that right there was enough on its own basis but even even other films that we've seen and enjoy you're gonna go no Mm -hmm. that, no, come on but other people go yeah that was so cool the way they did that you know it's, it's and i'm certain there's a tremendous amount because the movie did get earned close to 60 million dollars at the box Hugely office popular. and was the most popular film of 1998 so a lot of people went in there going i know this doesn't you know i i don't think this is going to be logical or possible but hey, I just love the love story, or I love the mm -hmm. the shoot 'em up excitement, or the characters, whatever. Sometimes you, know? you just need, with anything entertainment, whether it's stage, whether it's a book, whether it's mm -hmm. music, and especially films. Sometimes people just need to be entertained. Yep, they don't they need should... to worry about. You know, there are some films that are deep, that make you think, that mm -hmm. are, are, are very smart and are made to engage you in that way. And so for that reason, I, I would not call Armageddon a bad film. Mm -hmm. Cheesy, yes. But entertaining, absolutely. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I think that way uh, about Star Trek V. I am mm -hmm. very entertained by that film whenever mm -hmm. I watch it, but it's not a film I'm going to necessarily recommend to somebody who is interested in Star Trek and wants to dive in for the first time. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so. So for True. me, Star Trek five is my non-thinking film. Like, you know, I, I know it's lesser than some of the other films, but I, I think it's still entertaining and it's got a lot to offer. Same thing for Armageddon. Yeah. Bruce Willis. I would, I would wow. just say that as far as Star Trek five goes, one man will always argue with you about where it stands <laughs> in the quality of the films. The director of the film, uh -huh. Mr. Billy Bob Shatner. Billy Bob Shatner. I love that. I, I love that movie. It's like, I think for me, the campfire scene is one of the best in all of Trek, but that is not what we're talking about. It's got a but, lot going you know, for it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do Star Trek Five. We'll have to talk oh, about yes. Star Trek Five one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah just give, give it a think. There's, there's again, there's a movie, a lot of good and a lot of bad and some ugly in it as well. And I think we can find that in any film 
that we've ever seen, that there's always going to be this, that, and the other thing. And there'll always be, I mean, my son-in-law loves Battleship. I think it's one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen, <laughs> but he loves it. And he, you know, so, okay, I don't argue with him on right. that, you right. know? I don't argue with him. Eye of the Beholder. Uh, yep, yeah, exactly like Armageddon right. is one I'll defend. It's like, it's not a great movie, not obviously not accurate science mm -hmm. really bad dialogue but for me it's just it's fun it fits the build of like i just mm -hmm. want to turn off my brain want to order a pizza and i want to watch people saying funny things while they save the unit like save the earth mm -hmm. like that's that's it i'm in and yeah. then you get owen wilson saying amusing things i don't know if steve buscemi's jokes would age well because a lot of them involve like you know other stuff that mm -hmm. is maybe not appropriate for 2022 but still funny to watch mm-hmm Absolutely. Well, if we've all purged ourselves of our feelings and thoughts, anything else, if that's the case, then I think I'll wrap it up with the words of Ben Affleck in the audio commentary. This is what he had to say. I asked Michael, why was it easier to train oil riggers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to be oil riggers? And he told me, shut the F up. <laughs> so that was the end of that talk. So right there, even Ben Affleck, during the filming of the movie, went, huh? <laughs> and he was just told, shut up. This is what we're doing. Take and your money. Just, Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Take your money. So um, this is one of those films that you can call it a guilty pleasure, as I said. The movie received a 37 on Rotten Tomatoes, yet it was the highest grossing film, as I mentioned earlier, in 1988, pulling in $553 million against a $140 million budget. So, you know, it, it, it got four for one. Deep Impact earned only $349 million against an $80 million budget. So both earns about, both films actually were just as successful for the studios in their return of money versus what it costs to make it. But in the end run, uh, Armageddon was the winner uh, of, the win of the year 1998. And I, myself, as we were going over this, I, I have a personal fond for the, fondness for the film, even with all its foils. It's funny, it's sad. You got you to gotta love Bruce Willis. This is his kind of movie. And uh, for anybody else, any closing thoughts <clears throat> about this film that you'd like to say? Or nothing. Or Bruce, really? silly. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. We'll if you're really going to ask me for some kind of lighthearted, you know, fun movie, I'm going to mm -hmm. tell you to watch Legally Blonde or Pitch Perfect or something else. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless you tell me you want, you know, a fun movie about the end of the world, then then maybe I might recommend this i'd still recommend independence day over this if you haven't seen independence day watch that oh, one instead yes. i oh, think God, that one yes. does it phenomenally better but this is a good like i'm in i'm in an independence day mood but i'm independence day out what can i watch <laughs> well then i think <laughs> the answer really to that good. is still independence day yeah oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. because yeah if you look at independence day you know the science in that is kind of wanky and the events are kind of well they have know, crazy aliens so right. by definition yeah, and and just it, and you can watch it and just love it because it's got humor, it's got love, it, a better love story. Oh, two <laughs> love stories that are better than this. Yeah, it's got Prince Spiner in it, right? As a crazy mad scientist. Yes. Ooh, you want to go to where we have them? It's the uh, 
what they call it. The big tamale. Yes, the big tamale. I mean, he's you just love him with his long, crazy hair, mm-hmm. and he looks like the mad scientist he's supposed to be. Ooh, this is the icky part, you know. So they, <laughs> they've got all the humor, they've got the characters, they've got the heroes, they've got the patriotism, they've got the greatest speech ever by a president in the right, film. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, folks, the, the answer is if you're going to recommend a movie, how about Independence Day? <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's Sorry. Our, there's our endorsement for the day, folks. Okay, and with that, we come to the end of another podcast, another season, season two of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. <laughs> we could have picked another film or TV show to review to the end of the season, but this was my turn, so no, 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 no. Normally, I'd leave you with some parting thoughts and words, such like, as I always like to say, look up to the sky, but I'll allow my brother Mr. Brian Donahue, captain of the USS, the big sci-fi podcast, <laughs> NCC 2022. Wow. With his thoughts about the season and what can you expect in season three of the big sci-fi that, podcast. That Brian, title makes me feel really important. So you, you guys are. are in trouble. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, this has been a wonderful season. We have laughed a lot, my friends. Mm-hmm. And we have argued all in good spirits and good, you know, uh, mm-hmm. fun. And we have talked about many things, not just sci-fi. We've talked about life. We've talked about um, art. We've talked about literature. We've talked about lo- a lot about life. And uh, I think that's what makes this podcast a little different and mm-hmm. a lot special uh, is when we have guests on, we want to hear about Star Trek. We want to hear about what they make and how creative they are and behind the scenes stuff. But we also want to know about them and what other things they're involved in. And uh, so I hope our listeners have really enjoyed that. In the coming season, we do have some very special things. We don't know everything yet, but we do have some very special guests um, coming. And we hope to surprise our listeners perhaps with a few more special guests this in the coming season that we've had uh, this past season. And dare I say it, should I go ahead and say it and spoiler? Do we want to wait? Want to wait? Okay. So that's going to be a big surprise. uh, And the opening episode. Yes. The opening Mm -hmm. episode is going to be pretty fun. So uh, Mm -hmm. make sure you guys stick around. Please do us a big favor. Um, something that would help us out in this podcast out a lot. We love that you're listening. Would you subscribe on your favorite podcast channels and, and platforms that you'd like to listen to like download the podcast that helps us, but something we haven't asked our fans to do, uh, I don't think is, would you please write reviews? If you're able to write a review about the big sci-fi podcast on whatever platform you listen on. The more good reviews we get, the more opportunity we have to be in front of other people the, that helps the algorithms and all that stuff work in our favor. Um, so if you would please do us the honor of writing good reviews, uh, that would help us out tremendously. Get more people listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. We have our YouTube channel, which, by the way, we're going to have some more content coming soon. A I'm not very special spoil, guest. Yes. Not going to spoil that, mm. but I think uh, we've already said it a few times. Oh, we have. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Frank Still. Adina's son, Frank, 
uh, we're going to say, we're, we're going to call these segments, what does Frank think? Something like along those lines. As a representative of his generation. Yes. How old is Frank? He just turned 12. Fantastic. And so he's, you know, uh, watching Star Trek and a lot of these things. And so it's a it's a new generation, new perspective on some of this old stuff. And we're going to we're going to find out what he thinks. Yeah, I think that's great. great to have him on, Adina, because that is the future of science fiction. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the next generation of kids who go to the movies, yep. watch TV, read books, mm-hmm. and they're going to carry it forward. Yep. Yep. Cool. That's all I got to say. All right. All right, Chris. Anything? Uh, any? Uh, no new thoughts. Just uh, look forward to to a new season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to record more episodes. And, and can I just close by saying that I have said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I am truly privileged to be able to work with three very creative, very smart, and truly what I can call my dear friends. And it's you know people use that word. You know, oh, he's my friend. She's my friend. But these three people have become very close friends. And I'm very lucky to have met you all and uh, and have been included in these podcasts. Thank you. Thank Likewise. you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I feel the same way for sure. Mm-hmm. Send us home, Brian. All right. With that, please leave comments. Do everything we just talked about. Follow us on Facebook. We have an Instagram account. Um, you can like, uh, like, I think most of us, but Steve on Twitter, all that stuff, uh, mm-hmm. just look us up by name, uh, and also send us an email if you care, big sci-fi podcast at gmail.com until next season, stay good, do good, be good, be kind to each other and look for these mids in between season videos coming your way soon on YouTube. Take care.